and welcome to the 50th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. Before we get started, our usual disclaimer, heavy spoilers ahead, turn back now if you haven't seen these movies. This week we're doing a single serving size episode, and that's an episode in which we talk about something under my three movie limit for a series to be considered a franchise. This time around, we're reviewing Creep. There are two Creep movies and another um, on the way. These are found footage films, which, uh, as you know, if you've heard any of our episodes before, I don't traditionally like, but I think they did a really good job with these, and I enjoyed it. So there are a few found footage films I like. Uh, These two, uh, Cloverfield uh, and Wreck, are the things that come to mind. So the first Creep movie from 2014, and I'll tell you now that this is Patrick Price and Mark Duplass's baby. They did basically everything on these movies. Um, So the first movie was directed by Price in his directorial debut, written by Price and Duplass, produced by Duplass and Jason Blum of Blumhouse, and starring, you guessed it, Price and Duplass. And the movie is only 77 minutes long, So it's a fast watch. And then there's Creep 2 from 2017, so three years later. Again, directed by Price and written by Price and Duplass. Duplass returns as Joseph slash Aaron, but Price stays behind the camera this time around. And we have a new character uh, called Sarah, and she is played by Desiree Ackhaven. And Jason Blum returns as the producer on Creep 2, along with Carolyn Craddock and Netflix. Runtime on this movie is 80 minutes, so another fast watch. And then future developments, Creep 3. Um, as of this month, it was reported that Bryce said that they were working on it, but they don't have an ETA on when it will be done. They are both very busy with other projects, so they don't have time to exclusively devote to this one. So stay tuned on that. Also, they had written the original movie with no intention of making a sequel, so I had read that they were trying to figure out, uh, find an idea that was good enough to go with for these additional movies. Where can you find these movies? Both are currently available on Netflix. They're also available on the usual spots for between $3 and $5 each, so Amazon Prime, Google Play, YouTube, Vudu, and iTunes. They are not on Shutter or Tubi. Rotten Tomatoes scores. The first Creep, critics gave it an 89. Audiences gave it 65. The second one, critics gave it 100, and that's with 23 reviews. Audiences gave it a 73. So pretty high. Um, I'll now go over the basic plot for both movies. So uh, the first movie, IMDb, says... A young videographer answers an online ad for a one-day job in a remote town to record the last messages of a dying man. When he notices the man's odd behavior, he starts to question his intentions. So this movie is basically just two guys talking to each other. So there's the videographer Aaron, played by Price, and his subject Joseph, played by Duplass. And you'd think, based on that description, that it might be boring, but it's actually surprisingly suspenseful. 
It starts with Joseph uh, saying, when Bryce arrives at his house, saying that they were, this is his vacation home, and then his wife Angela is pregnant. He has terminal cancer, and he wants to record videos for his unborn child. So that puts uh, Aaron a little at ease after he hears that. But then things start to get weirder fast. And Joseph has Aaron record him in the tub. And then Joseph tries to scare Aaron with a purple wolf mask, which he calls Peach Fuzz. They go on a trip to the waterfalls together. Um, then they return back to the house and it's now dark and Aaron wants to leave. But Joseph talks him into staying for just one more drink. And, of course, things get even worse. Aaron can't find his car keys, and so he slips some Benadryl into Joseph's drink to try to escape. And while Joseph is passed out, uh, his sister, this is the real Angela. Remember he said his wife was named Angela? Apparently his sister's named Angela. So this is the real Angela, so she calls his phone, and she tells Aaron that her brother is mentally ill, and he should leave the house immediately. Aaron eventually escapes, which was a big relief because we didn't think he was going to make it out of there alive, but the story is not over. He starts to get presents from Joseph at his house. He got a baby wolf stuffed animal with a locket um, that has both of their pictures inside, and it says J plus A forever. He sends him a knife. Joseph breaks into Aaron's house and watches him sleep. Aaron goes to the police, but the police can't really do anything. Um, and Aaron doesn't even know the guy's real name. So eventually, Joseph talks Aaron into meeting him at a lake, and at this point I was screaming at the TV, asking Aaron why he was so stupid. But I think Aaron seems to be a very trusting and forgiving character, and when Joseph tells him he's just very lonely and he doesn't have any friends and he wants to show him the real him, he doesn't have anybody to talk to, that that kind of wins Aaron over. Also, I'm not sure when Aaron got paid for this gig, but he's unemployed, and um, I'm not sure when he got paid the 1000 bucks. so that might be another factor in having him show up again. So what happens is they agree to meet at a lake, there's a bench facing the lake, and Aaron sits there and waits for Joseph. And then it should come as no surprise that Joseph sneaks up behind him, puts the peach fuzz mask on again, and takes an axe and whacks Aaron in the head with the axe, killing him. We last see Joseph adding a DVD called Aaron to his large collection. So, and it's the video of the murder, so obviously he's done this many, many times before. And Joseph comments that Aaron was his favorite of them all. And he's already on the phone with a new videographer, and this time he's going by the name Bill. So that's what happens in the first movie. In the second movie, IMDb says a video... A video artist looks for work driving to a remote house in the forest to meet a man claiming to be a serial killer, but after agreeing to spend the day with him, she soon realizes she has made a deadly mistake. So this time around, we know Joseph, who's now going by the name Aaron. Remember who he killed in the other movie? was Aaron. So we know Joseph's a killer, so there's no suspense there. And just to... Uh, 
make sure we get the point, he kills a guy at the very beginning of the movie by doing the same thing he had done basically to Aaron, which is send him a wolf stuffed animal. There was a camera inside that. Then he uh, ends up slitting the guy's throat. So Joseph, and I'm just going to call him Joseph because we still don't know what his real name is, he tells Sarah that when they first meet that he's a serial killer and he's having a midlife crisis and killing isn't fun for him anymore. Um, she doesn't believe him for the most part, but there's still just a sliver of, you know, could this be true? Um, she's very strong-willed, and that seems to throw Joseph for a loop, so I think that works in her advantage. And she's trying to get footage for her YouTube series that no one seems to watch. It's called Something Encounters. I can't remember if it's Strange Encounters. It's Something Encounters. So that's why she's ha hanging around, because she thinks that this might be great footage, but obviously we don't know if she's going to make it out alive either. So in the end, it seems like they've made some sort of connection. Joseph has told her about his childhood, his first experience killing someone, and it was a guy that had picked him up and, dr and dug a grave and was planning to kill him, but he managed to survive. Um, he says he spent a lot of years in a mental hospital, he says he's never had sex with anyone. Uh, she agrees to kiss him. So it looks like they made some sort of connection, but didn't seem to make any difference because he says he has a great idea for the finale of the show, uh, of the episode, and that is he takes her out in the woods and he has dug a grave just like that other guy did in the woods. And it's either for Joseph, Sarah, or both of them. So he stabs himself several times superficially and invites her to join him, and she runs away into the dark. He finds her and drags her body back to the grave. It looks like she's dead, throws her in the grave, and just when we think he has gotten away with it again, she sneaks out of the grave while he's talking to the camera and bashes him in the back of the head with a shovel. And that girl, in my opinion, is very lucky to still be alive. So the last scene of the movie is her on the subway, where she hears someone whistling the same thing that Joseph used to whistle. So we're not sure if he's alive or what that means. Um, I will say I enjoyed this movie as much as the first one. Um, because we knew Sarah was in danger. And the first movie we weren't sure what was up with Joseph. Um... I would like to learn more about the character Sarah, what happened to her after that. Um, did she report what she had done to the police? Did the police come? Did they find his body? If so, then that's not him whistling. Uh, what impact did her meeting Joseph have on the rest of her life? Um, I don't think she's as tough as she appeared to be, so that would give anybody um, PTSD. Trivia. There's not a lot of trivia for these movies, but here's what we got. Creep was originally named Peach Fuzz, but they didn't want the audience to spend their time trying to figure out what Peach Fuzz was instead of actually watching the movie. There was no script for the movie. They had an outline, and then they made it up as they went along. There are between 10 to 12 versions of each scene and at least three alternate endings. 
Because they showed the footage to friends as they filmed, they eventually moved the movie from a psychological study, which it originally started as, into more uh, horror territory. There is also another movie called Creep from 2004, directed by Christopher Smith. It's available on Amazon for free. It is in no way related to this series. It's about a woman named Kate who wakes up in the London Tube after hours and her uh, fight to survive there until morning, and there's all sorts of craziness going on down there. Um, I did enjoy the movie. Um, I'm just not sure why they picked that title, because it doesn't really mean anything. But if you see a movie that's got a picture of like a subway car in the dark, that's this creep and not the other one. Um, since making these movies, Bryce has written and directed The Overnight in 2015, Corporate Animals in 2019. He's also directing the upcoming Netflix slasher, There's Someone Inside Your House. Duplass has also been very, very busy with stuff. Uh, he and his brother own the Duplass Brothers uh, production studio, film studio. He's been on FX's The League. Uh, wrote and starred in Netflix's comedy Paddleton. He's co-creator of Room 104. He's on Apple Plus's The Morning Show. He's been in Big Mouth, Goliath, and Manhunter Unabomber. And he's also in an indie rock band called Volcano I'm Excited. So both those guys are obviously very busy. Um, I will say I had read how they met, and it is that Bryce is married to the nanny uh, for Duplass's children. So that's how they met, and then they started talking about I think Bryce had just graduated from film school, talked about what kind of things he wanted to um, maybe make his films, and then it went from there. Why should you watch these movies? I think these are excellent examples of how good a low-budget found footage film can be, and it's really just two people interacting through each one. One of the reasons that these movies also work is that Joseph is just normal enough to keep Aaron and Sarah there. If he was acting more weirdly, you know, carrying an axe, screaming, doing whatever, they would run away immediately, but he's not. So they think that he's a guy, well, Aaron thinks he's a guy with terminal cancer that's socially awkward and has boundary issues. Um, but is he dangerous? And that's really the, the question, I think, for Aaron to try to figure out. Um, and the same with Sarah. She is not sure if he's dangerous because she's not sure if he's telling the truth. And we know something that the two of them don't know, and that is Joseph is a pathological liar, so nothing that he says can be trusted. Um, it's also surprising how scary simple tasks can be um, when we don't know the context in which they occur. At one point, we see Joseph dragging some trash bags, heavy trash bags over and burying them. And we initially think that maybe it's Aaron in the trash bags, but it's not. That was a false alarm. But some people on Reddit have speculated that it might be Angela in the trash bags. So we're not sure. Either way, it's creepy. So what is this movie trying to tell us? Well, I think it's that recognizing people who want to harm us is not as easy in the real world as it is typically in the movies. Um, and the moral of the story seems to be if there is one that you have to trust your gut. Um, if it feels bad, your body's telling you something and you should just leave. 
but Aaron was too worried about hurting Joseph's feelings, and he stayed or continued to meet him again, um, and that was his downfall. So I say screw it. Better to be alive and rude than dead and polite. So something to think about. Uh, before we go over the recipe, I wanted to play a song entitled Creep. It's from 1992 from Radiohead. Again, this has nothing to do with the movie, but it's a different kind of creep. And I really like the song. I wish I was special 
Again, that was Creep by Radiohead. Uh, now on to the recipe. We really don't have a lot to go on this week, so I decided to go with crepes because that word is close to the word creep. So basically a crepe is just a thin pancake. Um, and the term was derived from the Latin word crispus, which means curl. And recipes vary, but basically it's just flour, water, and salt. Um, and then you just throw it in a skillet and shake it around and um, turn it into a round shape. Let it brown, and then you can put whatever toppings you want on it, which we'll talk about in a minute. So a crepe originated in Britannia, um, which is in the northwest region of France. They were first produced in the 12th century at the same time that buckwheat was introduced. Early recipes combined water and salt with buckwheat, uh, but nowadays they use white flour instead. And as I said, the basic ingredients besides those are milk, eggs, butter, sugar, vanilla, and I already said salt and flour. Crepes are su super easy to make. takes less than a minute um, to make the batter um, in a blender. Or you can also use a whisk, of course, and it only takes a couple of minutes for them to cook. So in a blender, combine milk, eggs, butter, sugar, vanilla, salt, and flour. Mix until the batter's smooth, about 15 to 20 seconds, and refrigerate for at least 30 minutes. And then throw them on the skillet. Non-stick cooking spray. Uh, in the skillet, pour one-fourth cup crepe batter and cook on medium-low heat. Turn the pan from side to side so you can end up with a rounded um, crepe. And it usually takes one to two minutes on each side until the crepe is lightly brown. And then you just stack them until you are ready to use them. So I'll go over just some of the um, suggestions for fillings. Some people go very simple and just have a crepe with Nutella or bananas or berries. Um, other fruity crepes include cream cheese filling and chopped strawberries, um, whipped cream, berries, and powdered sugar, peaches and cream, lemon curd, blueberries, and powdered sugar, brie cheese, roasted pears, and sweet honey. And of course, many of those have crossed over into desserts, but other kinds of desserts might be apple pie filling, salted caramel, and vanilla ice cream. Uh, pastry cream, chocolate sauce, and chocolate chips. Marshmallow fluff, crushed graham crackers and chocolate. Caramel sauce and chopped or candied nuts. Ice cream, crushed, crushed pistachios and cinnamon. Caramelized bananas and ice cream. Um, and then you can go with savory ingredients if you would like. Um, and of course some of these people typically have at brunch. Sautéed vegetables and eggs, um, ham and cheese, scrambled eggs and bacon, spinach, mushrooms, and parmesan, pesto, chicken, and mozzarella, sausage, and apple. Um, let's see. So I will include the directions of this and then the directions. These came from um, iheartnaptime.com. There's another similar uh, crepe recipe at laurislatest.com. I'll include that. And then there are some great crepe, other crepe ideas at Brit.co. And let me just hit a couple of those. They have 35 total. 
and the pictures here make these look very, very appetizing. So I just want to hit a couple of these. Let's see what we got. Uh, pumpkin crepes with beer and cinnamon apples and chocolate drizzle. Fruit salsa. Spinach already choking brie with sweet honey. Lemon cake. Caramel apple brie, which we already talked about. Vanilla bean with peaches and cream. Um, Boston cream pie. Hazelnut with honey, whipped cream, and fruit. Now, the darkest chocolate crepe cake. That's going to take you a while to make because each of the layers is a separate crepe. Uh, but it looks really, really good. So, apple cinnamon. And there's something called Lefse, I'm sure not pronouncing that right, L-E-F-S-C, which is Norwegian potato crepes. There's also blueberry lemon mini crepes. Lasagna with ricotta and spinach. Eggnog. Red velvet cake, which looks delicious. Spinach bacon and holiday sauce. Cinnamon roll. Violet petal. Uh, green onion parmesan crepes with ricotta, spinach, bacon, and mushroom filling. Reese's. Herb crepes with egg, ham, Swiss, and brown butter. Um, and we already mentioned Nutella, but here's a strawberry Nutella. And lastly, a pumpkin cheesecake. So those look really, really good. So that's about all I have for this week. Uh, where to find us? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright. Contact us by email at foodandfright at gmail.com or check us out on our website at foodandfrighteningfilmfanatics.podbean.com. Um, this was a shorter issue, a shorter, a shorter episode, obviously, than the ones I typically do, and that's because I'm getting ready uh, before the end of the year to do the top horror movies of 2019, which obviously takes a lot longer to put together than the typical episodes. So stay tuned for that in a couple of days. Until then, remember, trust your gut, stay safe, and stay off of Craigslist. Bye.